1: for what God wants to do in a service hallelujah thank you for what he's just done God I thank you and praise you I magnify you and glorify you hallelujah Jesus hallelujah 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 thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah praise your holy name amen you may be seated tonight Brother Michael, Michael is, uh, used to come to this church when Brother Goddard was here many years ago. And uh, we got to meet him two or three weeks ago. And when I heard his last name was Diamond, I did have the thought in my mind, I wonder if there is any relation. And sure enough, he's related to the diamonds from Bathurst. And what a treat it is to see what God's going to do. Amen. What God's going to do. Amen. I'm just believing for the absolute miraculous. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, We've been going through the month of January, and we've been doing small clips, uh, podcasts of Brother Bernard. Uh, Dr. David Bernard is our general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International, and um, we'll get to spend some time with him, actually, uh, in just a few weeks. He was here and did our missions conference last year, just a wonderful person. He has a great knowledge of the Word of God. And so what we've been doing is we've been watching just some small, short little podcasts on different topics and uh, and then teaching about it. And so tonight we're going to do the same. He's going to share uh, about heaven, and uh, he's going to talk about it a little bit, and then we're going to preach about it a little bit. And uh, just before we do that, I wanna make sure that I make the announcement that that'll happen again on Wednesday, the similar is what we're doing. And then next Sunday, we have a very special event in the morning. It's fifth Sunday, so there's only one service. But immediately following the service, Sunday morning next week, we have a Connect Fair that's happening in the fellowship hall. That is, all of our departments, all of our ministries will be represented there, and you'll want to go through and see what this church does and what it is part of, and maybe there's something that you know someone that it could help, and you could introduce them to one of our ministries or programs, or you may even have a desire to be involved in something uh, that interests you. So, That's next Sunday morning immediately following the service, so you won't want to miss that. Amen. So let's watch the little podcast, and then we'll come and minister about it.
0: Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. In the popular imagination We have this idea of heaven as this faraway place in the clouds where St. Peter meets you at a golden gate and everybody's dressed in a white robe. And we're all sitting around on clouds, strumming harps for eternity while the angels look on. And I think that I speak for a lot of people when they say, frankly, that vision of heaven seems kind of boring. What does the Bible say that eternity will be like for believers? And I know John mentions in Revelation 21 this concept of a new heaven and a new earth. What's that all about? Can you tell us?
2: To define heaven very briefly, I would say heaven is where God is. Heaven is the direct presence of God. Now, what that looks like, uh, we don't know for sure and could be different. But uh, the Bible talks about the third heaven. There is the first sense of heaven, which is the sky. So we look up into heaven. We're just talking about Earth's atmosphere, actually, or the sky, a second definition of heaven could be outer space. So we look at the stars of heaven. Obviously, that's beyond Earth's atmosphere. That's outer space. Uh, and then the third definition of heaven would be transcending this universe. So I don't think of heaven, th- that is where God dwells. And no, uh, Jesus was a real human being with a glorified body. I believe he, as all humans, he will have a glorified body throughout eternity. Well, that body has to be in some place place physical place where is that well we don't know i don't think it's on some distant planet i don't think it's in our universe i think it transcends our universe but i do believe he will come back in physical form to earth's atmosphere and land on planet earth so his body is somewhere and so that's where i would say is the third definition of heaven the presence of god which since um the incarnation does include a physical location somewhere so when we say we'll go to heaven i think that means where god is where the manifested god manifested in the physical glorified eternal immortal body of jesus christ that's heaven now when you read the book of revelation it seems that this heaven and earth will be destroyed which means the physical heaven and earth and be recreated So somehow a new heaven and a new earth, but the way it's described, there seems to be maybe some resemblance or renovation of the physical universe. And then it talks about the new Jerusalem as a city coming down to rest upon earth or over the earth. So I picture that Jesus Christ and the saints, that's us, in eternity, we will be living in a city, a physical place, where Jesus physically dwells, called the New Jerusalem, which will be a city on or over the new earth. So I do believe it's physical. And Jesus did say in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. So it's not just a state of mind. It's not a place where disembodied spirits float around. Um, It's not people in white robes, sitting on clouds, playing harps. It is going to be a real city, a a real place um, where... People will dwell. Now, that's the simplest way to look at it. But again, if I look at the eternal state, compare it to Jesus in his glorified body, when he appeared to disciples, it seems that he could transport himself at will. He could appear and disappear at will. He could walk through a a locked door or a wall at will. So he wasn't confined to physical limitations, although he had a physical identity. He could eat food with them but surely he was—he didn't have to eat food to survive. He didn't have to sleep, but he could engage in whatever he wanted to engage with as a human without being limited by that. So that's uh, how I would see our existence in the future. Uh, so I believe we will have a place to dwell, but we won't be confined to a place. So then now it becomes a matter of speculation because there's more that we don't know than we do know. But if you just look at our physical universe, It has trillions of stars and, therefore, trillions of planets. It goes far beyond our comprehension. Billions of light years. Now, throughout human history, we've only been able to see even in a dark sky, which, sadly, we don't have much anymore. But throughout history, people have been able to look up in the sky and see a few hundred or a few thousand stars at most, There's no way they could have comprehended the immensity of our universe. Astronomers are even now trying to plumb the depths, and there's more that we don't know than what we do know even now physically. But that leads me to wonder, if God created all this, did he create this just for a few astronomers to be able to write papers about? Or is there some purpose that's far grander than what we could imagine? You know, what makes life meaningful for us today is our relationships and our including our relationship with God and our relationship with one another and our achievements our accomplishments we we were created to to accomplish to achieve to work work is not a result of sin before sin god created adam and eve put them in the garden told them to tend the garden to keep it so achievement accomplishment work is part of what it is to be human before there was sin so i have to think that in eternity, it would sound boring just to sit around. And I know it's going to be glorious to worship God, but even there, does that mean we'll just be in an eternal choir practice? That somehow, although I love being in the presence of God, somehow that doesn't capture my imagination fully because I think worship, it goes far beyond just singing a song. So I think our accomplishment, um, now again, I can only speculate, but does God have other plans for other planets and other peoples or other identities Uh, you know could we uh, be the equivalent of angelic beings to other future plants who knows but I think it's going to be amazing I think this incredible physical universe and of course God's not limited to this physical universe I mean we could have billions of universes and billions of years and billions of plans and billions of new races created who knows I don't know Or or maybe God doesn't have a plan to do anymore, but there will be the angels, there will be us. And so I do think that our future will be unimaginable achievement, accomplishment, discovery, delight, interaction, communion, fellowship with God, with one another, with the people of the ages, with the angels. It's mind-boggling. Maybe a little illustration will help. When there's a description of the New Jerusalem, it says the streets are of gold, transparent as glass. Well, gold would be considered the most precious element in, in normal human experience and human history. I mean, you could talk about rare metals, but for all practical purposes throughout history, gold would be the most precious element. Uh, prized treasure for a lot of reasons. It's inert, so it's not affected by things. It's beautiful, it's rare, and therefore costly and valuable. Uh, It's malleable. It can be uh, worked into all kinds of fantastic ornaments. um, It can be stretched into extremely thin wire. And so it's, it's got an amazing versatility and ability. So it's been treasured. Now, gold, transparent, as glass. Well, that's more pure than the earthly gold. So by saying that, you're almost getting into the realm of symbolic of saying the streets of the New Jerusalem can be gold, but it's better gold than what you have. Now, think about this. When we talk about the streets, if I tell you, uh, hey, describe, if you've been to New York City recently, describe New York City or tell me what it's like to be in Singapore. You don't usually say, well, the streets are this and this and this. You don't care about the streets. That's the least. That's just a means to get where you're going. If you're living on the streets, that's a low life. If you're sleeping in the streets, that's a low life. Streets are made of common ingredients. So what are you going to find in the streets? Dirt, gravel, concrete, asphalt. You're going to find common things, cheap things, lowly things, dirty things, things you don't even consider to be valuable enough to mention. Okay, that's what streets mean to us. So when I say in heaven, the streets are of gold, better gold than you can imagine, pure gold than you, than is found in your physical universe. Well, why do I care? That's the least. But then I see the symbolism. Well, the least part of heaven is better than anything you have here. So what's the good part of heaven? I have no idea. I can't even begin to understand. I I don't have human vocabulary. So to me, the relevance of it in heavens, the streets are gold, is not, wow, I can drive on gold. I think the profound significance is in heaven, the least valuable, least mentionable, things you don't care about exceed the best you can imagine here. So that means the good part of heaven the presence of God, the fellowship of God's people, the achievement and accomplishments, God's plans are so far beyond comprehension. We just can't describe it. But you definitely want to be there. And you definitely don't want to miss it. So to me, in heaven, the streets are of gold, says heaven so far exceeds our comprehension. It's so magnificent, so amazing that it's something that we should certainly value and and aspire to and look forward to that whatever happens down here, it'll be worth it to go to heaven. And of course, ultimately being directly in the presence of God with God's people and with the loved ones and with God's fulfilling his plan for the human race from the beginning of creation. That's what will make heaven heaven.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast?
1: Amen. Please... Hey what a, a description. Just to give us a little taste. I wish I knew what he has forgotten. I'd be intelligent. I just want to spend just a few moments. I know what time it is, so I'm watching that. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16. This is what it says. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, he said, comfort one another with these words. It, it tells us not to stop talking about it. It tells us when we're having difficulties in life, that we spend these words and let that be your comfort, your strength. Uh, if, you, if you look in um, uh, Paul, for example, he talks about the event uh, of heaven as a blessed hope. A blessed hope. Blessed because when Jesus is going to appear for his church, Amen. he's going to take you and I with him to glory. Doesn't matter what this world has. Amen. It doesn't matter what this world says. Amen. I am going to be with him. That is my hope. Amen. That may strike fear in the unbeliever, but it sure strikes a hope in the believer that it's well beyond this world. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through and so when you uh you can look at scoffers and they uh they 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 scoff about the return of jesus and when is that promise going to happen uh, and take place uh uh, peter says that they uh, are willingly ignorant doesn't matter how long it's been spoken about doesn't matter how long it's been said it is going to take place if the prophecies uh, of his birth uh, and the coming of the messiah were to the exact letter of what was spoken you can only imagine what his return is going to be like exactly what has been spoken amen the second coming for every time the scripture mentions the Uh, Jesus coming as the Messiah, there are 25 verses about his return. Now we got excited, we get excited that he came to be our Savior. And I'm thankful for that. And you know that there's plenty of scriptures that talk about him coming as the Messiah. But for every scripture that talks about him coming as the Messiah, 25 scriptures talk about him returning for his people. I don't know about you, but that stirs something up inside of my spirit. Because one of these days, one of these days, history books, they tell us to look back. Books about philosophy say to look within. But the Bible says to look up because your redemption draweth nigh. Something is going to take place in your life that has never happened before. That Jesus is coming back for his church. Amen. We can look and long and live for the return of Jesus Christ. Two of the lessons that we learn about from the parable of the 10 virgins are that the people of God will have to wait for the for his return. That's what we're doing. That's one of the lessons. That they had to wait for the return of their master. That's what we're doing. We're waiting for his return. But while we're waiting, we're also doing some other things that are Part of our activities of life. We are worshiping and we are watching and we are working and we are witnessing. We are preparing ourselves to spend eternity with Him and not alone. Amen. We just watch someone be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins. Let me tell you, it's not about us going by ourselves. It's about karma coming with us. Yeah, The Christian's hope involves more than just our own personal salvation, but rather it instructs us. We're going to tell everybody we can about this heaven that we're going to and the Savior that we're going to spend eternity with. Hallelujah. That the church is going to experience something that's beyond our imagination, beyond our comprehension. We can't even explain how how powerful it will be. It is the hope of a Christian. It's the joy of a Christian's hope. Christians have hope for things that they have not yet seen. But uh, they're going to attain. (laughs) Listen, uh, I serve God not just for what's here on this earth. uh, Amen. This is just uh, a training ground. I didn't give my heart to the Lord uh, so that I could just live for Him here. Uh, And I enjoy living for the Lord here. Uh, But my giving uh, of my heart to the Lord was the preparation uh, for the other side. uh, That where He is, uh, I may be also. Uh, And He is preparing a place for you even as we speak. uh, That gives you a joy of the hope uh, of a Christian. It will be a joyful event for the Christian when the appearance of the Lord takes place. A crown of rejoicing. Let me tell you, Christians have a great hope (laughs) <laughs> to affect to, to the change, uh, not only of our lives, but of everyone around us. Uh, that uh, uh, they don't have to uh, have a, a life without hope. Uh, but they can have a preparation stage. Uh, amen. For the returning of Jesus Christ. A crown of rejoicing. I've had all kinds of people make all kinds of comments. Of what they thought heaven would be like, I've had some pretty weird comments. I had a mother ask me one time if her child actually enjoyed riding a motorcycle and wanted to know if that would be possible. I have no idea. I have no idea if there's motorcycles. Uh, you, you heard Brother Bernard. I mean, we're we're trying to figure out just the pavement. We're trying to comprehend that, and we're having a difficult time realizing that the pavement's made out of gold. I can't tell you everything about what heaven is going to be like, but I can tell you that I plan on going, and I plan on taking you with me, and I plan on preaching about it. And I plan on telling everybody I can in the city uh, that there is a hope. And and Paul writes it, I would not have you ignorant, uh, uh, brethren, uh, concerning them which are asleep, uh, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Death neither annihilated an individual's hope or negates what possibly could happen. Listen, if this world... If it happens that Jesus doesn't come back before I die, that ain't going to stop anything. Mm -mm. To be honest with you, I'm coming out of the ground first. That's what the Bible says. Don't be ignorant concerning them which are asleep. The ones that have gone on to be of the Lord, I mean, they're coming up first. That's what the Bible says. I'm only telling you what it says. At the sound of the trumpet. At the sound of the return. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, Daniel said. Some to everlasting life. Psalm 16 Says, therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh shall uh, rest in hope, rest in hope. For Thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer Thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. Uh. the dead in Christ are going to arise first, and that's why. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 4, and verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so also them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. He's simply making a statement that they are not done for history. They're just sleeping. It's kind of similar to what he tells uh, the folks at Jairus' house. Jairus comes to Jesus. Jesus, you got to come and heal my daughter. Jesus takes his good old time. (laughs) Amen. He's healing other people along the way. (laughs) Finally, he gets to Jairus' house, uh, and Jairus' daughter is dead. The mourners have already been hired. That's what they did. They hired mourners. They came and wailed and cried and boo hooed. And they were in the house, and Jesus said, You got to get them out. She's not dead, she's just sleeping and they scoffed at him and mocked at him he said get them out and we're going to go upstairs amen and all of a sudden what seemed to be death had no say when Jesus said you're going to arise you're going to arise and when the trumpet sounds the dead in Christ are going to rise first and we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with him in the air and so shall we ever be with the lord you say pastor that's that's old preaching that's truth you say well You know what, we've heard that for however long you haven't lived a long time. You've just been hearing it for a short period of time. And one of these days, and let me tell you, it seems closer, closer than we could ever realize. The coming of the Lord seems so close to what, hallelujah, is happening around us. But one of these days, as I read to you in verse 16, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. Not sending someone else. The Lord Himself. Paul emphasizes that it's the same Jesus that had ascended into heaven after His resurrection. And when Jesus descends with a shout, amen, you're going to become a part of a commanding army. The saints of God. Marvel not at this, John said, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Do you know how powerful it is? When they crucified the Lord and he said, it is finished. At that moment. People came out of graves. Can you imagine how powerful that is? All these people that had already died had to die again. Seriously. I mean, they were not doing anything. No one was praying for them even. And when Jesus said, it is Finished. The earthquake, quaked, hallelujah, and the, the graves were opened, and people were coming out alive. I don't know how old people were that were coming out. I don't even know what generation they were from. The Bible doesn't tell us. Can you imagine coming out of those graves and you had lived hundreds and hundreds of years before? You don't know anyone? What just happened? Jesus said, it is finished. That's the power of the God we serve. Hallelujah. So when he comes back with a shout for his people, let me tell you, there's nothing going to hold you on this ground. I have to tell you my favorite part. My favorite part is it's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye. I'm scared of heights. Amen. It's going to happen so fast I'm not even going to realize it's taking place. (laughs) Hallelujah. There I am. Here I am and there I am. Instantaneously in the twinkling of an eye. I wish someone would get a little bit excited about it. Music, come back. I can't explain it to you can't comprehend it all I just know you don't want to miss it as brother Bernard said you want to be ready you do not want to miss the coming of the Lord listen don't get caught up in when it's going to happen and all that stuff I could die today I can't worry about well you know how many years I got left and how many years before God's going to come I could die today I want to be ready now don't hear me church I want to be ready right now I don't want to wait till next week I don't want to wait till next month I don't want to wait till other people show up no, no, no I want to be ready tonight I want to be ready for the coming of the Lord that when I lay my head down tonight hallelujah if I awake, fine and if I don't, I'm going with Him yeah All that hand clapping, that was hopefully that I would awake, is it? Would you stand? Let's not forget to talk about heaven. Let's not let it become that our conversations and our sermons are just fluffy stuff. No, no, this is a real thing. There's a heaven and a hell. Hell was never created for mankind. God's design has always been for you to spend eternity with Him. That's always been His design. Make a choice tonight. Make a choice to make sure you're ready. That happened during service. Karma made a choice. She made a choice to be baptized in His name, just like the Bible said. We baptize her just like the Bible said. Hallelujah! Went down a sinner and came up regenerated by the power of the name of Jesus. Thank you for
0: joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.